This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. Here's our Word of the Lord for today. It is from Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 24 through 28. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. I like how it reads. It's really helpful to my thought process here this morning. It says, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. We, uh, yeah. But if we look forward to something that we don't have, we must patiently and confidently wait for it. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I want to focus on uh, a theme this morning and tell your neighbor, good stuff is on the way. Come on, look at somebody. You don't know what these, everybody's facing. Just say it with faith and confidence. Say, good stuff is on the way. On the way. Give God a praise right there if you can receive that good stuff. Some, some stuff is on the way. Coming down your road. Coming down your aisle. Coming down your street. Coming in your mailbox. A call unexpectedly on your payphone, on your phone. Come on, good news. Say good news. Somebody tell somebody, say next doctor visit. The next doctor's visit. Say good news. Come on, say the next time you have to go in the courtroom, say good news is on the way. Say good news, good news, good news. Good stuff is on the way. Good news is on the way. I have three simple points this morning. I know this is very different. Like I told you, I'm doing an inspirational message. I'm not deep diving this morning at all. I'm not doing expository or exhaustive teaching today, which is my normal style. I am doing inspirational preaching. I want you to understand the first thing that you have. We have three things that I want to present here today. The first thing you and I have is hope. Say, I have hope. Yeah, we have hope. Hope was the thing that God gave to us when we became saved. By virtue of faith, we receive this thing called hope. Hope is actually the framework for believing. You cannot believe unless you hope for something. You cannot put your faith towards anything unless you at least have a hope. 
for it. So the first thing that God does with us in order to help us come out and want to see life better is he gives us something called a desire. This desire is birthed in us with something called hope. Desire makes you get up in the morning. Desire make you brush your brush your teeth and brush your hair, put on your clothes and get dressed for another. It's desire. Desire pushes you when you feel like giving up and you feel like throwing in the towel. It's desire. Desire is uh, a part of what hope is. And hope is the thing that we have through Jesus Christ. A desire for change, a desire to grow, a desire to overcome. I'm telling you, you can never get to the faith steps or faith actions if you don't have any hope. The worst uh, uh, part uh, of, uh, about a person is not the dilemma they're in, it's the person in a dilemma without hope. I said it ain't about the dilemma it's about the lack of hope in a dilemma because sometimes you could be talking to somebody and providing them answers solutions and a GPS on how to get out of their dilemma but if they don't have hope guess what else they don't have they don't have an ear to even hear instructions because they don't first have a desire to change you can do nothing with a person who don't have a desire you can't do anything first for a person they don't have a desire to grow a desire to change a desire to go after God a desire to be better you can't work with a person without a desire there's no reason to have a classroom with a student who don't desire to learn you must have this thing called hope because hope is what keeps you alive hope is what keeps you breathing to things get better hope is what keeps you dreaming hope puts you in the place of possibilities Many people don't like to deal with possibilities, you know. In the game of playing cards, sometimes people quit because of the hand they've been dealt. But those who know how to work possibilities stay in the game knowing that at any moment the hand I have could be the winning hand. Some of us give up on life because we don't like what we've been handed. But you don't understand you can win with the hand you've been given. You don't understand that only thing you got to learn to do is stay in the game with what is called hope hope just in some way somehow I don't know about you but our family sometimes we play Uno um, it's a card game and but this nice uh, general uh, sweet card game at times in our home gets brutal and I don't know about you but sometimes you just want somebody to draw for hallelujah sometimes you want to let them know I plan to win skip 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 and I don't know about you sometimes you stack them cards up together so they all know you plan to win this thing I don't know what's going on and I don't know what you have in your hand but what's in my hand I'm going to use for my benefit see that's the victory of life it's not to be focused on what somebody else has in their hand you start winning when you start working say work your hand say work your hand work your hand work your hand that's how hope is hope says I'm going to win with what I have I'm not going to pray for God to send me three fish and eight loaves I'm going to use my two fish and my five loaves to win this thing I'm not going to pray for three fish 
and eight loaves. Some of us have put ourselves out of God's miracle working possibility because we don't live with hope. Hope will make you show up when everybody says you can't do it. Hope, hope will, hope will make you do those type of things. I'm just hoping it's going to work out. I'm just hoping. And, and, and some people are like, hope is not a big thing, but hope is a big thing. Actually, hope is the first thing. Hope is the first thing. And I want you to understand that we have hope. Hope ain't just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's strong support for an unshakable foundation. One person you can never drag away from a brutal fight is a person who still believes they can win. I said the fight could be brutal. They'd be like, leave me alone. I don't know if y'all ever watched the game of, of boxing. I mean, they can have a bloody eye. Hey, Amen. They could be, can't see their neighbor good. They can't see their opponent because the eye's starting to close. Some of y'all don't watch boxing. And, you know, the eye's starting to close, but they're like, back off. And, you know, and the coach is like, throw in the tie. Like, hush. I done trained to win. And I still, I can believe with only one eye seeing. Some of us have the nature of hope. And no matter what the devil has tried to take from you, I feel like preaching, I think. I don't know what the devil has tried some way some how you just believe you ain't been created to be a failure some way somehow you just believe you can rise to the top you don't know how this thing gonna happen you don't know how you gonna come out but, but because you have hope you keep telling me leave me in the game don't you take me out of this situation I know I'm limping I know I'm hurt but don't you think hurt people still can't win I know I'm hampered I know I've been through a brutal fight but don't you think I can't win with what I'm still dealing with it's the spiritual power of hope that will make us overcome any trial that we're in hope frames our faith that we can believe for something bigger hope also gives something us something very unique called gratitude gratitude because when you start hoping you also start thanking see unthankful people is people who are missing desires because sometimes you don't understand that the blessings you have is nothing but a bridge to get you to where you gotta go and people who have hope start also living with something called gratitude they start thanking God every day for whatever they have. They start appreciating the people around them. They start recognizing what's going on. See, hope actually starts making you see the goodness of God. Because see, when you ain't looking for something, you can't see nothing. But hope starts making you see the way out before it starts coming. Hope makes you start doing inventory so you can be thankful for what God has done. Hope, and you start thanking God. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my children. I thank you, God, for my job. Even though this job don't pay enough and I'm tired of this boss and uh, I'm still thankful. <laughs> I got things to deal with, but I'm thankful. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> we still got some complaints in the midst of our thankfulness. You ain't saying nothing. <laughs> but I'm sure I ain't about to give it up. I tell you that. I'm tired of this job, but I ain't about to let it go. <laughs> uh, it makes you start appreciating the people around you. 
Not only do we uh, have hope, but the other thing that I want you to understand why good stuff is on the way, we have help. Say, we have help. Yeah, yeah described right there in verse 26 on how we have help in verse 26. It says, and not only do we have hope, but and the Holy Spirit helps us. So now I got my engine going on and my, I got a desire for change and breakthrough. But now after getting myself together that I can believe again, now I find out I got some help. Tell somebody I got some help. <laughs> we got help. And it says uh, 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 we have the Holy Spirit uh, who helps us in our what? Weaknesses. And so although we have a desire for change, there are some things that we are weak in. And then the Bible says, for example, it means this ain't the only weakness, but this is just potentially one of them. Uh, it says, for example, uh, and when the word uh, weakness there in the King James Version, it says uh, um, our infirmities. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmities, which is a, a number one of weakness. But uh, infirmity um, don't just mean sickness. It can mean you could be weak because you're ill. It could be weak because you have lack of knowledge. It could be weak because you have a uh, lack of experience. It could be weak because you've been in a battle and you're tired of fighting the enemy. How many of the warriors get tired too? I said warriors get tired too. You could be just in a battle, but you're just tired from fighting. Uh, also, it, it even means that you can have a sin problem. So weakness means sins as well. This word infirmities is a catch-all phrase. It sums up that no matter what your weakness is, the Holy Spirit can help you. I said, no matter what your weakness, your infirmity is, whether you don't have the experience, the knowledge, or what you're dealing with habits, or what you're dealing with mindsets, it says when you have the Holy Spirit, you have help. It's a good thing to know that the Holy Spirit don't run away when you need him most. It's a good thing to know that the Holy Spirit is not intimidated by what you see as a challenge. Uh, as a matter of fact, if I know anything about the Holy Ghost, Isaiah tries to describe it. It says when the, when the enemy comes against us like a flood, then the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. As what I'm saying is, you ain't seen God work until you had a challenge. You ain't seen the Holy Ghost prove himself until your back is against the wall. You ain't seen what the Holy Ghost can really do until you figure out ain't no way out and the Holy Ghost say yes there is. What I'm trying to tell you is that the Holy Spirit actually works best when you're weak. The Bible says that even in your weakness his grace is sufficient and what I'm telling you is your weakness is an opportunity for God to show himself strong. Your weakness is God's opportunity to show out on your behalf so don't even let your weaknesses make you think you're gonna lose and that good stuff is not on the way because we have help and it says for example there are times we're perplexed and we don't know what to pray for we don't know what to pray for but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings and what it means when it says with groanings that cannot be expressed in words it means the Holy Spirit becomes a linguistic operator 
he becomes an interpreter of your pain he becomes an interpreter of your intent Oh Lord, help me. He comes interpreter of your missteps. Y'all understand what I'm trying to say? Meaning you missed a step, but the Holy Spirit said he really want to do it well the next time. You ain't understand what I'm saying. No, you missed it. No, no, you clearly missed the step. But the Holy Spirit starts speaking up on your behalf and say he really want to get it right. The Holy Spirit start praying for you, not only based on your, not based on your weakness. See, there are people who pray for you based on your weakness, and that means they're only praying for you based on where you are. But the Holy Spirit prays for you because you have a weakness. But He prays the will of the Father, and He prays God's mind, and He prays God's intent for your life. And so every time you tripping, don't worry about it. Come on, the Holy Ghost is. I don't know. It's praying for you and sending up prayer for you. I ain't thought about that. The Holy Ghost will pray for you. When you we don't know what to do, the Holy Ghost will make intercession. Hallelujah. I said he'll make intercession in the middle of what's going on in your life. Sometimes y'all don't even understand. You could be doing your own thing. Can I preach like I feel it? I believe myself. I just believe it was intercession. Tell somebody, I just believe it was intercession. Tell somebody, I don't got all the proof, but I just believe it was intercession. Tell somebody, I just believe it. I believe the Bible describes that there was a man who left his home from his father and he went to a far country and lost all his substance with riotous living and then all of it setting it says he was broke and in a famine and then it says and he arose and came to himself it is my belief that intercession was the thing that was on his behalf it's my belief although he left the father's house don't believe that don't, don't mean that the father wasn't still praying for him I want you to know the reason I'm better today because intercession saved me intercession made me come back to myself I don't know who was praying for me but I believe I'm here today because of intercession somebody was on my behalf somebody was in my corner I just believe I mean why he's sitting there I done lost almost about to lose his mind all of a sudden he had to wake up I don't know about you have you ever felt jerked out of your situation have you ever felt it like man what I'm doing here what I'm that's intercession that's going on your behalf The Holy Spirit makes groanings. It means that the Holy Spirit, listen to what the groanings mean. It means that the Holy Spirit is grieved until God's will is done. It said the Holy Spirit is grieved. Another word for grieved means unsettled. That the Holy Spirit ain't going to cool off until you get what God wants you to have. The Holy Spirit is not going to quit the intercession until you become everything God wants you to be. The Holy Spirit is not going to back up. The Holy Ghost said, no, I know he got more in him. I know she got more in him. I know he don't belong there. I know she's better than that. And the Holy Spirit will keep on at it. How many can testify that the Holy Spirit chased you down? How many would say that the Holy Spirit was after me? I was running away from him. I can preach. Y'all don't, don't want to hear it. I was running away from me, but from him. But when I look back, he was behind me. I look back and he was behind me. Let me know you're my boy. You're my son. You're my child. <laughs> I'm here today because I got help. That's why I got help. I got help. 
<laughs> I got help. I got help. The psalmist tried to describe what this help is like. The psalmist in 124 tried to describe what this help is like. Give us perspective. He says, if it had not been for the Lord. I want you to know these verses are actually a testimony to the people of God. They say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Then it says, now may Israel say. So this is like a responsive reading type thing. Then it says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. When men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. The proud waters had gone over our soul. Then it says, blessed be the Lord who have not given us as prey to their teeth. Tell somebody God wouldn't let it happen. I was at my weakness but God wouldn't let it happen God blocked some things from happening to you when even when you were at your weakest moments even when you wasn't conscious and not knowing fully what was going on somebody said God blocked it it says we ought to praise him because he has not given us as prey to their teeth it says our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. It means that the enemy had a trap for us, but tell somebody I got away. <laughs> it said the snare, I like this part, the snare, the snare is broken. I say the, say the snare is broken. See when God sometimes send help, he don't just get you out of it. He breaks the system that held you. Oh, you ain't seen no help like the way God can help you. I said, you ain't seen. It's one thing to be brought out of something, but if the system is not broken, you got something to return to. But I tell you, when God will break a thing, when God brings you out of a thing, he will break the thing that once held you. That even if you go back to it, it ain't like it used to be because he has broken you. I ain't said nothing. He has broken it. He'll break the snare. <laughs> Tell somebody he'll break it in half. He'll break it in pieces. Everything that's against your destiny, he'll shatter it. Everything that's against your purpose, you got the type of help that's, tena that's tenacious. He'll break that thing. Tell your neighbor he'll break that thing. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost on that. He'll break that habit. He'll break that mindset. He'll break that pattern. He'll break those words. He'll break it. <laughs> and we are escaped. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it ends with our help. It's in the name of the Lord. This help that we have is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. So we don't just have no amateur type help. We got ultra extra superior help. We got creative help. So, so oh God help me. I can't even Lord help me. I didn't want to go there. I said we got creative help. See creative help is totally different than anything you ever imagine. Because creative help says if there's not a way I'll make a way. 
If it don't exist, I'll make it exist. Creative help, walk out on nothing and make it something. Creative help, say, give me six days and watch what I do to a world that's with darkness without form. Give me six days to work and watch what I take a world that's looked like a big glob of nothing and after I've finished speaking to it and bringing order to it and bringing shape to it and separating the heavens from the heavens and the waters from the waters and planting seed. Give me six days, Genesis. Creative help is totally different than any other type of help um, that come your way. I love when I meet powerful creative people. You know, you tell them their problems and, and you burden down while you're telling them. And then after you finish talking to them, they done made two or three phone calls and your situation is over. Oh, y'all ain't know what I'm talking about. I said, your situation is over. That's how it is working with God. When you come to God and you start telling God what you face with and all that kind of stuff, God be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I got this thing, mm-hmm. You're like, well, God, I'm faced. You don't told me to run from Egypt. I got all these people following my leadership. And in the, in the background, I hear chariots and horses chasing me down. My past is trying to catch up with me, God. But you told me that we got a future and me and these people are running for our lives. And here we are before this Red Sea. Now, ain't no way we're going to swim to freedom. Ain't no way we're going to drink that much water and get through this thing. Ain't no way. He said, don't worry about it. I've been bringing you through based on what's in your hand. He said, lift up that rod and watch me create a miracle. Lift up what's in your hand and watch me create a way out. And not only, or not only will I make a way for you, but I'll use the thing that I use to bless you to trap your enemy. Tell your, tell your neighbor, it's my way out, but it's your end. You got to learn to tell the enemy, it's my way out, but it's your end. See, the Red Sea was not meant to bless the enemies. It blessed the people of God. They ran through on dry land, but what I ran through swallowed them up. Tell somebody, that's a creative miracle. Oh, that's a creative miracle. I got through it, but the devil drowned in it. I got through it, but he got rid of my past while I was going through it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I got through it, but he dealt with my situation while I went through it. Tell somebody, I serve a creative God. Tell somebody, we have help. We have help. Help is in the name of the Lord. We have hope. We have help. And finally, my point. Why I know good stuff is on the way. Hallelujah. We have him. So we have him. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have him. Uh, he says in verse 27, and the Father. We've learned in the previous scripture in Romans just a second ago that he's described himself in his triune way, triune way, by saying, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Now he comes back to another aspect of his nature and who he is as God. And he says, this is a different situation you're dealing with. I want you to know, not only do I work through the Holy Spirit, but now I want you to understand I got ownership rights. Ownership rights. He says, not only... Does the Holy Spirit work? But I want you to know, I'm your father. He said, just sometime to bring good things to pass, it's a matter 
how your parents gonna handle it. He said, this is a parental, say this is a parental situation. This is a parental situation. See, there is power in parental rights. He said, I'm your father. And as being your father, I know what's going on in the hearts of men. And I know what's going on in your heart. And I know what at the same time, while I know what's going on in the situation, because sometimes we feel like the situations are so perplexed, we feel like we need to tell the Lord what he's dealing with. And we spend more of our time in prayer telling the Lord what he's dealing with. Lord, don't you know I'm dealing with X, Y, Z? And you spend more time in prayer telling the Lord what you're dealing with versus asking him to deal with it. The father already knows what you have need of even before you ask him. But you got to be careful that the emotions don't keep you trapped from telling the Lord about what you're dealing with all day that you never get to your petitions. You know, emotions will make you do that real bad. I mean, I love people. I end up counseling and serving people. But there's a while after hearing, hearing your story, I want to know what you want. After hearing, I mean, you got to be able to help people. One of the parts of helping people in leadership, I believe, is listening. But after we don't listen for three hours and eight sessions, I want to know what you want. I understand, I, I, and I'm not being insensitive to your story, or insensitive to your pain, or insensitive to the realities of what you have to face. But if you're not careful, all you will do is keep bleeding on yourself, keep bleeding about the situation. There has to come another place that I'm not just going to keep talking about it and not being about it. Sooner or later, it's not about what I've been through. I want to know how to get out of what I'm in. And he says to them, I know what you've been in. He said, I know what you've been in. <laughs> he said, I know what you've been in. He said, I know what you've been in. He said, because I know. So everybody said, he knows. He knows. And when he knows, this is what he says. And the spirit pleads for us. Believers in harmony with God's own will. So now the spirit knows the will. And now they begin to plead and work with us and work for our behalf uh, for God's will. And it says, and we know. And say, and we know. And so, based on who the father is, how he takes care of his children, it says, we know, say, we know. This is dealing with understanding who your father is. So, if you never understand who your father is, you never can say, we know. If you don't know how your father takes care of you, if you don't understand that your father actually takes pride, it's a righteous pride. I, I, I got to explain this to some of us who are still perplexed that God don't know who you are. And he don't know the very hairs in your head. And he don't know your fingerprint and your DNA. And you spend more time trying to tell the creator who you are as the created thing. And you spend more time trying to tell God what he needs to be doing and how he needs to do it and what you've been through. And some of us get stuck. And when you do that, it's a sign that you don't know who you're talking to. Because there comes another level of confidence when you know you have him. When you know who's your father, there's a different level of confidence that you wake up in the morning and go about your day when you know who your father is. You, when you know your father will make a way when there seems to be no way. When you know your father will deal with your enemies and make them your footstool. When you know how your father works and know how your father behaves. It gives you a different level of confidence. And see, you can't get your confidence right.
right till you know who your father is and until you stop looking at your spiritual father like some of your natural fathers who walked away from you or abandoned you and never called you and never showed up at your football game and now you've entered in a spiritual relationship with God based on a natural relationship with another man and because another person let you down another person didn't show up for you another person never called you on your birthday now when you approach God you act like God don't know what's going on in your life you act like God missed your birthdays you act like God missed doing what he needed to do but when you know who you're working with tell somebody I know I know I know I know I know it changes your whole confidence level when you know what type of father you've got when the Bible tries to describe that when we know these types of things that we have him it relieves us from a level of stress and anxiety I didn't say having problems relieve you from stress or anxiety I said having him that's why he tells us in Matthew 6 that take no thought what you shall eat or drink or what you shall put on. Come on, how much more does your heavenly father love you than these spares and these sparrows who neither toil or spin, but your father takes care of them. He says they don't neither spin nor toil, neither do they gather into barns. You know what that means? It means that birds don't wake up worried about tomorrow what is a barn a barn is a storehouse a barn is a storage facility it says birds don't catch worms and go put them somewhere in a barn house so they can have a savings account it says that birds are so free they're not even worried about tomorrow because the God that takes care of them every day they are convinced that the God of the day is the same God of tomorrow I'm trying to tell y'all if God done brought you this far why don't you think that God can take you the rest of the way if God done brought you through the mime and the crime and, and the muck and the mire and the clay and everything why don't you think that God can bring you the rest of the way if God has ripped you through poverty, depression, working three jobs and can't sleep, why don't you think that God can't bring you the rest of the way? He says these people got a confidence in knowing him because they know that when they know, they know that they know. I feel the old school now. Hallelujah. That's that confidence. See, y'all didn't grow up. Some of y'all didn't grow up, but I want to pass on that old school language to y'all. It's just old school language. It's when you look at another brother and sister, you don't get sophisticated with your words. Nothing. You just say two words about eight times. That's it. You just say, we know, we know, we know, we know. Or you make it personal. I know, I know, I know. Another person like to say, I know it in my nowhere. I know it in my nowhere. You can't make me doubt him. I know too much. I know. I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. I know that I know. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. See, see, ain't got to get sophisticated. But when you know who he is, help me, God. And you know that he causes everything to say everything. Everything to work for the good. Everything to work in your favor. Everything to turn out to be a blessing. Everything to turn out to be in your good. You know these things because you love God. Say, because you love God. I want you to understand that when you have him, only thing you got to focus on two things. And my points and I'm done. Two things. 
Two things. I want to get you back on focus. That good stuff is on the way. Two things I want you to get focused on. I want you to get back to focus on just loving God and walking in purpose. Just two things. I know the devil try to make your life seem complex when you're in the midst of a breakthrough. But let me simplify how you're going to get through this. You're going to love God and you're going to walk in purpose. That's all. That's all you got to focus on. If you start focusing on loving God and walking in purpose, God does the rest. God's provision takes place. You just got to focus on loving God and walking in purpose. Sometime in the midst of things falling awry and when life gets messy, we start focusing on things that ain't never been our focus. See, one of the confidence I have, and I say this all the time as a pastor, my, my job is to obey the Lord. Do what he says, plan, strategy. But the rest of the part of his church is his business. His business, not mine. Every once in a while when I hear something very tragic about a, the life of a member or somebody I love, those things may keep me up every once in a while. But the business of the church, I don't want y'all to think I love you less or love the church less because I'm not stressed. See, some of us are so messed up, we only see love when people are stressed out. But my love is in the confidence of God. The Bible says he give his beloved sleep. And because I love God and I trust him, I sleep good every night. I ain't worried about no bill. I ain't worried about a bill since we got this church and, and came to this church. I ain't worried about a bill. I ain't worried about nothing. Hallelujah. I pray, seek the Lord, try to live right and please the Lord, do what he got to say, and the rest of it is his problem. I mean all of it is his problem. Come on. I preach, I love people, I counsel, and if people don't change, guess what? It's his problem. That's what I say. Father is your child. See, see, that's why so many people have so many problems because you're still trying to do something you ain't got authority over. I've done my part at the end of the day. Father, that's your child. And God said, yes, it is. I got him. I love him. I bring him the west of the way. I said, all right. I know you will. How I know you will? Because you did it for me. See, y'all kind of stop tripping on other people. Now, God don't process you. Let me preach like I feel it. God don't process you. God don't been patient with you. God don't taught you. God don't brought you out of your wickedness and your foolishness. But now that somebody else is in the process that you was in five years ago, how, how you don't have faith that God can bring them out and he don't brought yourself out. I know God will bring you because he brought me out. <laughs> Tell somebody I know he will. This is the type of confidence we have. Come on, stand your feet. Come on, stand your feet. I'm supposed to be doing abbreviated service. Something happened when you get in the atmosphere of people who got joy. Something happened. You get contagious. You lose track of time. You forget that you told the people it was abbreviated service. Tell somebody to say good stuff is on the way. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you, and join us again.